Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Cameron Norris and Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good to be here. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in that we're able to hear what we're to hear and then put it into action? Absolutely. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of our, our lives, the gift of this moment, the gift of your word. Thank you for the gift of the, the stewardship conference and retreat last week. Uh, what an incredible gift that was uh, to all of us here and to so many that came. Uh, please guide us on our journey, especially today. Help us to not get ahead of you, to be open to receiving from you, uh, and then available for you to use us. Thank you, Lord. Please bless Cameron and David and Michael and myself, uh, all of our family members. Draw us closer to you. Help us to be, uh, all of us listening, to be the men and women that you're calling us to be. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? I would love to. Again, we're in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. Jesus said to the Pharisees, there was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by the angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from the netherworld where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh, no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. 
the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As you were reading, Cameron, and lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus. And I had this thought, who's lying at the doorway of your heart? Who's God brought up to mind in your heart that you're to call, stop and visit, take a, take a cooked meal to, cut their lawn? Who is God saying, help your neighbor, love your neighbor? Who's lying at the door of your heart that you keep stepping over because you're too busy? You go, it's all about me, myself, and I. It's that self-centered life, and the and the uh, and it's all about me to the other-centered life, where your life as a gift is meant to be broken and shared with others. So, for me, Lord, help me to be more aware of the people that are lying at the doorway of my heart that need a phone call an extra hug, uh, need my counsel, and just help me continue to give and to give and to give. And when you bring people into my life, help me also to receive their the love that you're putting through them for me. Amen. Amen. Wow. Uh, that's a great reminder. Yeah. And as I'm stewing, just letting that uh, land in my heart, I'm asking myself, why, like, why do I not respond? Like, what, what's going on in my life that I don't respond? And I think it's just the distraction, the busyness, the, um, I listened to something recently from Matthew Kelly, and he said, you know, the, the whole, you know, everybody wants to have us, you know, have simplicity in their life. And the two things that, really prevent that and make our life more complex, com you know, more complicated are things and commitments. And, you know, we have so many things and so many commitments that, um, that we just don't have time to, to respond, to be in the present moment. You know, we're so preoccupied with things and commitments. And, uh, as you're sharing that, David, it's just, I think if we can try to simplify life to have more margin, I think Tierney once used that word in a, in a conversation, your wife, Tierney, many, you know, a, a long time ago, like, do, do we build margin into our agendas, into our day to allow for those holy interruptions, you know? Um, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, I'm really, yeah, still want to continue to pray on that and process that. Yeah. You know, I noticed as you were sharing, Rob, it, it was, why I, why I, why I? And I think that's really, you know, I is the center of sin, S-I-N. I is the center of pride, P-R-I-D-E. And what I wrote down is what St. Paul says in the letter to the Galatians, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me, with me, and through me. So for me, it's really a matter of a daily choice to get into communion with Christ because then it's the Christ in me that responds to the needs of others. It's not, I, I should do this. I should do that. I needed this. I needed that. No, 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 no. We need to get in right relationship with the Lord every morning, give him our first fruit, fill up with the word. And as a Catholic, my goodness, go to mass every day, fill up with the bread of life, Jesus himself, because then it's the Christ in us that picks up the bone and makes that call, goes and visits one that, that's hungry does this for a neighbor. I, I'm telling you, it's for me, and I'm speaking about me, 
the closer I get into that union, that common union, the communion with Christ, common union, the more the Christ that lives in me, with me, and through me responds to the need, stops. Because when I make up my agenda, whose is it? It's mine. But when I surrender it and I say, Father, you know, here's my prayer in the morning. Lord Jesus, I invite you to live in me, with me, and through me. Holy Spirit, please light our path. And Father, join with us on the great adventure you created me for. You see, every day of my life, I invite the Trinity along. Each has their role. And then, docility of the Spirit, it's not me that that responds. It's Christ within me responding. And when he does, then God, I see these heavenly kisses come. It's like, oh, ah, I want to do more. So, I mean, for me, that's this is my journey of spiritual growth. Bring me closer, Lord. But it's, you're right, Rob. If I get up in the morning and I turn that television on, I'm deep into the news. Guess who is out in the world? Me, myself, and I. Not a good, not a good, not a good trio. Yeah. And there's a balance there, too. Like, we have to look out for ourselves, right? We have to... If if we don't eat the right things or we don't eat properly, so it, it's that where, at what point are we taking care of ourselves, and then at what point are we making ourselves the priority? So I think that's a difference. If 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 I'm the priority in this room, then I'm going to treat people a different way, right? And and I might say the same things, whether I have that internal, where I think the person I'm talking to is the most important, or if I think that I'm the most important person there at at the table as you're talking. So I think it's good to take care of ourselves. Obviously, we feed ourselves natural food. We feed our minds with learning and and good things, and there's teachable moments, and we fill fill our spirits with our communion, our time with God, our time in the Word, our time with friends. All those things are for us, but it's when our self is the priority— then it's like you want to gather all that stuff and be the rich man who brings it into his house and shuts the date gates and shuts the doors. And he's like, look how great I am. Look at all the stuff I have. As opposed to, wow, I'm getting trusted with a lot of stuff right now. There's a lot of work to do, <laughs> right? It's different. Your eyes are open to see mm-hmm. like, man, I, I didn't have this cup of coffee when I started the day. Now I have an extra cup of coffee. Who's it for, Lord? Who's, who's, oh, this person I'm running into? Hey, do you like coffee? I, it's that internal clock of, I have something because there's work to be done, as opposed to, I have something because, man, I just, I just want to keep it all as much as I can. Eat, drink, and be merry, right? Yeah. I mean, the scriptures talk about that plenty, but I want to go back into this. So the, the last sentence, um, then Abraham said, if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. And it's interesting because Jesus is the one telling this story that's recorded by Luke. Uh, this would have obviously been before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And as Jesus is telling this story and, and saying Abraham said these things in this story, uh, you know, the idea that we have Moses, we have the prophets, and soon after this, we sit around this table talking about these things. We also have the stories of someone that rose from the dead. And as I'm looking at the word prophets here, I'm reminded it's in uh, 
it's in the book of Revelation. It said the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So yes, there are prophets that were recorded, but any time that we share a testimony of Jesus, that is the spirit of prophecy. That is the idea of what do people have? According to this story, they have Moses, they have the prophets, and it alluded to someone rising from the dead, which we obviously know what happened with Jesus there. But I, I love the, all those little testimonies of, and, and it's not a testimony of, God loves me so much, I got the best parking place. I, God loves me so much, I got the raise that I knew I should get. God loves me. So, it's, it, that's, that's missing the point. Sometimes there's more beauty in a story of, you'll, you'll never believe this. I felt like I needed a hug today, and man, I, I got a hug from the right people. It's like, that is the goodness. That mm-hmm. is the, and, and, and it's all about the inside. It's all about that heart posture. You know, you brought something up that really struck me. I had never seen before. So Jesus said to the Pharisees, now these are the people that knew scripture inside and out, lived it out according to the way they felt they should have. Jesus is telling a story to them. And that story is watering the seed of faith in their heart. Because though there isn't someone who died and rose from the dead while he was telling the story to them, there was a day coming when Jesus would die, rise from the dead, and they're going to remember, you know what? Jesus told us that story. He rose from the dead. Am I going to believe or am I not? So he's actually... Watering that seed of faith in their hearts in hopes and prayers that they'll remember, which it says, you know, the Holy Spirit will you know, bring back up into your memory these things. And they go and sit around the table, you know, in their synagogue and go, well, wait a minute. Remember he told us that story? Now he's risen from the dead? He's saying, hey, Skippy, either, either say you're all in and believe or there is a heaven and hell. And I can't even fathom, as I, I looked at this, imagine, uh, no, no, the human mind can't imagine the torment in hell separated from the love of God, but yet across the chasm, mm. being able to see mm. it, but not participate in it. I can't imagine the human soul yeah. and the pain and anguish they suffer because their life choices to not love to step over the people brought into their hearts, the doorways of the hearts, they realize all that now. Yeah. And in an eternity, they're going to experience that torment. Yeah. If I only would have. You only get your chance here on earth. You get your final answer at the end of your life. Mm-hmm. Man, ladies and gentlemen, wake up. Stand up on biblical truths and follow Jesus every day to be an instrument in the salvation of souls. Mm. You know, I find it interesting also, in this story, you have the Pharisee who stepped over, never looked at, never never did anything. He's so consumed with me, myself, and I. Even after he dies, he doesn't have, he looks at Lazarus and says, oh, hey, hello, Abraham, you know, uh, would you tell Lazarus to serve me? Dip his finger in the water to quench my thirst. And this guy still doesn't get it. He's in the torment. He's in the fires. And he wants Lazarus one more time to serve him. He still doesn't get it. So for me, man, Lord, help me to see. I, you know, what I like to write down is each and every one of us are on a journey of purgation. What does that mean? 
That means that Christ living in us, with us, and through us is purging from us anything that is not of him and perfecting in us anything that is. It comes from 1 Corinthians. The hay and the stubble and the wood will be burned away. But the gold and silver refined in the fire of God's love, you know, we'll, we'll, we made pure. But it also says something else. There'll be suffering. So ladies and gentlemen, man, Lord, take me through my purgation now. Purge from me anything that's not of you. Perfect in me anything that is. Help me to be an instrument in the salvation of souls every day of my life. I'm all in. I surrender. Use me for your purpose. Yoke, yoke me to you, Lord, that I can walk with you in this incredible, great adventure that God the Father created me for, chose me for, and allows me to walk it out and live it out in you, with you, and through you. I love it. And back to the top of this. So Lazarus, it, in this story, it says he was a poor man covered with sores. And it's so easy to just look at that as the physical but it's, it's an illustration of what could be the physical, but how many people would rather have a, uh, a cut on their hand or a broken bone or something as opposed to some of the sores or some of the poorness that's on the inside? I mean, you could you just have talk with a person that's been through a traumatic event. I mean... Talk about sores and the feeling, feeling poor on the inside. I think that it's part of our call is to be on the lookout for those people at the gates, like we started talking about at the beginning of this. But it's not just people that might be in the physical or in the natural have not a lot of money or have a wound on their hand. But like, can we see the wounds that are on the hearts? Mm-hmm. Those are things that y- y- you can't just hand a Band-Aid or a or a, a bottle of Advil to somebody and walk away. Those are the things where sometimes you just got to be side by side with somebody while they're hurting. Hmm. Sometimes you just got to, hey, I, I, I don't have the answers, but I'm, I'm in this with you. I'm, I'm here for you. And sometimes we do have some answers. Or sometimes, you know, if we're open to it, we can, we can invite the Holy Spirit, give us the guy. He knows what that person needs to hear. He knows what trauma needs to be healed. But we have to be on the lookout Who's being placed? It says this guy, the uh, he was placed at this guy's gates, at the rich man's gates. Are there people being placed in, in a in a worse internal state than ours, being placed at our gates because we have some ointment that we we can help mm-hmm. with those things. We can help some of those wounds of people's hearts, and and those are things that. I don't know. I've, I've, I've seen it too much in life. I've seen the goodness and the kindness of God where those things are so important to him, much more important than this, uh, this natural poor man with sores and dogs. It's like the idea of dogs, like there's people being tormented in their minds, in their souls, on their internal part. And if we can bring life to that situation, my word, I think that means a lot more than handing ten dollars to somebody for a for a natural meal. Wow, we <clears throat> we were at a school this week, and there's there's a, an opening prayer that we pray, and it says uh, in the part of the prayer, uh, "Please bless 
doesn't say the chosen ones or chosen ones. Please bless your chosen ones among us, the poor, the sick, and the lonely. So after we prayed that prayer, you know, you know it was within a, lo- a, lar- a longer prayer, and we asked the kids, you know, put the, the sheets down, and uh, we asked them, who, who are the chosen ones that we just referred to in the prayer? And they're thinking, and, you know, so we have to give hints a little bit, but finally, we finally get to poor, the poor, the sick, and the lonely. And, and Cameron, as you were talking about here, Lazarus is identified as poor, sores, he's sick, and it doesn't say Lazarus and a bunch of people. You know, he's pretty lonely, I'm sure. So right there is God's chosen one. And we just asked the students, they're juniors and seniors, so is anybody applying to college? And they raised their hands. You know, they might think they're going to work eventually, they raised their hands. And uh, I said, you're, you know, you're trying to be chosen. We're all trying to be chosen. You know, the college process, you're, you're trying to be chosen by an organization that, has, that doesn't know you. They see a piece of paper, they see some test scores, they see some letters of recommendation, but they don't know you. And we're trying really hard to be chosen by them. And Jesus is here and he's already chosen you. You're his chosen one. So as you enter into adulthood, just know that you're chosen, you're delighted and you're desired. And as we're trying to be chosen by these organizations and and groups and sometimes people, and we may change what we do or say and it just doesn't feel right but we do it anyway because we want to be chosen we want to be seen and known and loved just know you're chosen you're delighted and you're desired and uh you know lazarus you know he might have known that like they he was chosen and and the, the thing that keeps coming to me is sins of omission that um, the rich man didn't spit on him didn't kick him didn't punch him didn't do anything to him wow but he just didn't do anything. So before the, yeah. So before we got on the, on the radio today, I was talking to to Jim O'Day who runs uh, the integrity restored ministry of stewardship. And we were talking about this gospel and relating it to uh, people that are struggling with the addiction of pornography. And he said, Rob, there's, you know, and he right away is like, yeah, there's sins of omission going on right in the church. I said, yeah, Jim, they're, you know, People aren't just at the doorstep of the church. They're in the church, in the pews, battling, suffering from this and their families and just the, the ripple effect of what's happening in the world from this, you know, not recognizing or addressing this problem. It's, it's, it's just crushing so many people and families and organizations. And, you know, you get that. It, so, um, so as a church, we need to look you know, as individuals and as a church, like what what are we not recognizing or talking about that's just causing a whole bunch of heartache? And uh, and and you know, Jim and I were just sharing about this and just praying that you know. And he had someone from the conference come up to him, a priest that he, was, he shared with me that he was convicted to to get in the game, to really get in the game. This priest has a lot of influence. Wow. Um, so let's just pray that you know that God will send us. The priests that want to get in the game because there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. And you know, again, as we go back to the beginning of this scripture, Jesus said to the Pharisees, So understand in the Old Testament, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they knew scripture. Right. Up, down, right, left. Here you have the word made flesh, scriptures in flesh in Jesus Christ, speaking to the Pharisees who are deaf and blind. 
And it's, it's just fascinating. As you look, he goes on and says about Moses and the prophets. Well, if you go to the Mount of Transfiguration, it's Moses and Elijah, because Moses represents the law in the Old Testament. Elijah represents the prophets. And Jesus is the fulfillment of both the law and the prophets. He says to these guys, hello, wake up, wake up, knock, knock, knock at the door of their hearts. Wake up. I'm here. It's me. I'm the Messiah you've been looking for. And these guys are so blind and so deaf. So, But again, remember, Jesus is also saying to us, water the seed of faith. Water the seed of faith. I'm God. Let me grow it. Water the seed of faith. Till the soil. Add the fertilizer. It's not your role to grow it. So <clears throat> don't shy away from sharing God's truth with people, no matter where you think they're at. Share truth always with love and be that vessel, that instrument in the healing of the one body of Christ and that water, living water, that helps that seed grow. So good. Yeah, the, the deaf and blind, David, we... Uh... It's such a confirmation. We were talking about that yesterday, and uh, you know, the, the gospel a couple Sundays ago it said that the sinners and tax collectors were drawing near to Jesus to yeah. listen to him, and the Pharisees and scribes were what complaining. So the, their complaining caused them to be deaf and blind to, like you said, David, the Messiah that they, they, they've learned about since they were kids. It was there, and uh, and they're complaining just made them deaf and blind to the reality of, of the gift that was right in front of them. Yeah, they, they wanted him to show up the way that they wanted him to show up. How sad to miss the gift that you have right in front of you because it didn't show up the way that you wanted it to happen. And I really think that reflects back on our prayer life. Do we pray like Jesus prayed in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane? Father, if it's possible allow this chalice to pass from me. And here's the key, but not my will, but your will be done. Or do we pray, hey, Father, here's what I need you to do for me. Hey, Father, please fix this. Hey, Father, I need this. Hey, Father, you know, we got to be careful because God's not a slot machine. He's not a genie, but he is our Father. And he wants to fulfill the desires of our hearts, but he wants to fulfill it from a humble heart, surrender to his will, because he knows what's best for us. He knows everything about us from the hairs on our head to every thought we have. So it's always knock, seek, and ask, but a spirit of humility surrendered to the will of God. God bless each and every one of you. You're called to be world changers. Claim your identity in Christ and take his light into this world that so desperately needs it. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, 
please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.